I'm Carrie. And I'm Chrissy. And And we we are Status Macabre. Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This is Status Macabre. Hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. Another week. Another week. Another week down. Yes. I'm actually um, really sore. Um, I went to my niece's six-year-old birthday party. <laughs> and would you toss her against something? Uh, no, like, no, jump in the house? not even close. I mean, close, but not close. Um, my brother and sister-in-law decided to have her birthday party at the gymnastics place oh, in yeah. Chapin. So the Christian gymnastics, um, on I guess that's Chapin Road or whatever road that is. But um, oh, down towards Ace Ace Hardware. Yeah. Yep. And guys, I. Let me just tell you, I, I, I took gymnastics when I was fairly young, but I, you know, I just didn't give a crap about it. Um, watching these little kids like run everywhere. I'm like, God, this looks fun. There's trampol- uh, trampolines and stuff on the floor. And I was, was kind of in the upstairs area talking to Ryan and my dad and we were just kind of bullshitting back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down there. My mom was out there and you got, you I went downstairs with the kids. Well, I walked down there, yeah, because my I have a you know Gabe is is only one. He's kind of crawling around, yeah. walking around, and and my other two nieces or my other niece was there, and then um, my kids were just messing around, you know, on the mats and stuff. And there's this one area, and it's got a big rope, and you stand on this thing and you swing and then land into this big foam pit. Oh, that sounds like fun. Let me tell you. How many times did you do it? Okay, so. <laughs> and then I'm all laughing. the kids were like, let's go play with Aunt Chrissy. <laughs> well, so there's a whole bunch of, of kids in line. I'm watching these kids do it. I'm laughing because my dumb brother, he's like, I'm good up there. So he goes and he lands in the foam pit. I laugh. We all laugh. Ha ha ha. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm doing it. Mm hmm. My mom's like, you're too old. You're too old. I'm like, watch I'm this not. shit. Challenge accepted. Exactly. Don't threaten me with a good time. Right. So I get up on the on the little thingy. I got this rope. It's got a big knot between. You get supposed to put the knot between your knees. I mean, yeah, under your, like. Like kind of sit on your like thighs. A, like kind of yeah. like you're going to sit on like a rope swing. And let me tell you, you just let go and you swing. Well, I, I swing far, and I, I land in this foam pit. I, I just keep sinking, though. Like, I'm not a big girl. Like, you just maybe I put on a couple of pounds. I just keep sinking into the Through pit. Through the foam? And I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah, no. How in the hell? It's like being on a waterbed. How in the fuck? <laughs> Excuse my language. Am I going to get out of this damn phone pit? Because I got my brother on the side just laughing at me. Like, how are you going to get out there? How are you going to get out? So what did you do? I laid there. And I'm like, <laughs> kids waiting. And I'm like, I need to get out. How do I get out? I'm, I am I look like a turtle trying to roll the fuck over. Like, How did your brother get out? Um, well, you he's a little bit. He, had a, he was a little bit nimbler again. And mm-hmm. he's a little bit younger. He can kind of. 
flip himself over and get himself out. Did something fancy. I I struggled. <laughs> my brother eventually had to yank my arm. I kid you not. Like he's yanking my arm out and I'm just dragging me to the side so I can get out. And then I finally claw my way up and out. And my mom's like, see, I told you you're too old. That, and I, you know what? I would pay if somebody recorded that. That would be hilarious. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, nobody recorded me. Thank God. Um, <laughs> they did record my brother, but yeah, I, I was. I woke up the next morning. Sword I was shock. like, "Holy shit! Why am I sore?" And I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, "God, I'm just I'm getting the freaking flu again." I know, and I'm like, "I've got COVID. I why am I sore?" And then I was like. Oh yeah, my arm hurts from being pulled out of a socket. I'm, you know, hanging onto this rope. I guess flinging myself and trying to turtle over and crawl all myself out just caused a lot of. I'm wiggling in my chair like I'm yeah, wiggling like, through foam or it's something. Like, anyway, needless to say, if you're over forty and you drop into a foam pit, don't expect to get out easy. So this is funny. Now I'm I'm literally thinking, how much does it cost me to go drop into this? Pit. I mean, we can because it's right around the corner. I was gonna say we can definitely go in, um, pay him ten bucks, take your it. shoes off, and I'm gonna watch your ass swing, and then I'm gonna drag your ass to the side, and you're gonna wake up like, and Chrissy, sore the next side, day. Which side are we gonna? <laughs> I just like that's hilarious. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. it was great. Um, but I, you know, kudos to those kids that are gymnasts. I watched from up top in the in the birthday area, whatever you want to call it, wherever they got tables that you can sit and eat cake. But um, these Make girls. The it, old people jump in their styrofoam well, pit. <laughs> exactly. But then there was, um, you know, these college or high school age kids that were there helping with the party. And, man, they were doing backflips, front flips. My son was doing backflips on yeah. the trampoline and stuff. And I'm like, holy crap. To be that young again and actually be able to move without hurting would be fantastic. Yeah, or yeah, or at least to be able to get out of the foam pit. <laughs> to get out, it's kind of it's kind of like I, I mean, I used to love the ball pits. Oh at yeah, McDonald's. Who doesn't? I mean, I'd I'd love to be in one now. Right? It's just <laughs> calming. It makes you feel like a kid again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this pastime did not, but you know, just remind me how old like I a, was. Like a. Like reality just came and smacked you in the face. You're like, bitch, you're 44. Get out. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, that's that, that. That's my story for today. I don't have anything else outside of that. Um, reminder: Crime Con. I think we mentioned this last week is in April. So ex- coming up excited fast, about yeah. that. And that's in Vegas this Vegas, year. Vegas, Vegas. Yes, I'm a gambling fool. No, I'm not really. I'm just. <laughs> I'll bring my five dollars. Um, $5. my five dollar limit. I need um, whatever five five dollars worth of pennies is. Yeah, so I could go play the little penny slots. The penny slots, penny slots. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So other than that, um, we're gonna work out a schedule of somewhere to go, places to do. We're coming up uh, like we passed our one year anniversary and yeah. did not even recognize it. Because my eyeballs, <laughs> let's just blame it on my eyes. It's all Carrie's eyeballs. Let's just fault. say we're going to blame it on. So we'll have a rescheduled yeah. one year event. We yeah. just don't, we have not scheduled that yet. And we'll we're project managers. Big. How pathetic is that? <laughs> I don't know that we should. Nobody say that. said we were good ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for one, um, have been waiting all week. I'm super excited about part two. Yes. 
yes. of reincarnation reincarnation i've yeah. been you know just been believe it or not ryan has popped into my head a lot yeah and we've so. got we've got a couple of uh emails about it and comments so thank you for your comments sounds like yes. the majority of you do believe yeah um i mean i i hope so not that i don't want people who don't believe to listen right. but i think if you listen to us you probably li- you know believe in stuff well like i was that. gonna say you're open-minded at yeah. least or we're stupid enough that you're like all right we'll laugh at them today <laughs> right. so um kudos if that's the reason why you're still listening <laughs> um yeah so today's case um to wrap up reincarnation um is about uh james madison lynn Inger. You know, I was just, yay, we have one we can pronounce. Yeah. And then yep. we can't. Linger. So I'm going I'm to call him James um, because it is easier. Um, but he was born on April 10th, 1998 in San Francisco uh, to Bruce, who is a human resources exec- executive, um, and Andrea, who is a resume writer, homemaker, and formal or former uh, professional dancer. Okay, no offense, but they sound boring. Well, I mean, if you're a resume writer, <laughs> Thank you. damn. I mean, I, I've done mine, and then I copy actually, and paste over and over and over again. Yes, <laughs> but I, I a few years ago, I did pay someone to do it. But do you know how much they make? Do you know how much they charge? No, like um, three, four, five hundred dollars. The really? most recently was within the last couple of years. Um, people on LinkedIn were pinging me. And uh-huh. of course, you know, hey, consider this, consider that. And yeah. I actually reached out to a couple of people and they were all about 400 bucks. I'm like, wow. No. You know, what's funny is I took your resume, mm-hmm. the format, mm-hmm. and then put my crap in. <laughs> See, I mean. That's right. exactly what I did. I copied yeah. and pasted. I mean, obviously not verbatim what you do, but sure. yeah, I, I, I took your format and then I used it. And that format is something that I've stole from someone, someone else. Someone else, right, I was going to say. I mean, you know, you put your, oh, but come on. I guess they would put the buzzwords in and all the things that you right. don't think about being somebody who's hiring. You're thinking about, yeah, how do yeah. I, I, cause there's one thing I hate is talking about myself, you know, like on a resume and, and saying, I do this, yeah. I do that. I'm like, I just work. I mean, what I, else do you need to know? I can like, <laughs> it's easier for me to, I can put it like here, here you go. But then when you have to sell, your, oh, sell, sell yourself, yourself, it's like. But you know what? Um, I guess that also speaks to confidence, kind of. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's why I, I couldn't be a sales rep. Oh, God, no. Anyway, Me I scrolled either. That's okay. Um, so kudos for, you know, resume writers. Anyway, <laughs> um, the family. Back to the story. <laughs> the family moved shortly thereafter from uh, San Francisco to Dallas, Texas, and then to Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, James. James's expressions of past memory life manifested mostly between the ages of two and five, which if you recall from last episode, um, kids who start to remember past lives, that age um, time frame is between two and six. Right. So he's right there in the window. Um, and, and it was following their move to Lafayette that he started remembering things. So the combination of his detailed memories and the ability of the parents to verify them through painstaking research uh, makes this a particularly interesting case and is one of the best known of its kind in Western world. Now, I'm just going to emphasize here because this this case to me is a little bit uh, less compelling 
And the only reason why is because I think his parents were very heavily into the research of oh. who this person was. Right. Um, and so you hopefully some of that will come out in, in our episode and you guys can see that and make your own, you know, come to your own conclusion as to whether or not they had any impact on their kids' behavior and memories. But when James was 22 months old, as reported by the parents, uh, his father took him to the James Cavanaugh Flight Museum in Dallas. Um, there he was transfixed by the sight of World War II planes. And at the end of the visit, um, he had to be forced to leave. His parents were like, come on, let's go. And he pitched a fit. He wanted to stay. So passing by a toy shop when James was just shy of two years old, his mother noticed a display bin filled with plastic toys and boats. She pulled out a little propeller plane and handed it to James, adding, you know, look, there's even a bomb underneath it. And so he replied, very frankly, that's not a bomb, mommy. That is a dwop tank. <laughs> now, he said dwop because yeah. he's two. Yeah. Um, talking about this with her husband later, she learned that a drop tank is an extra fuel tank fitted to an aircraft to extend its range. Okay. I, you know, 22 months old though, right? Oh yeah. So still kind of young, but maybe, maybe right? it was like, I mean, the fact he called it a drop tank or drop tank is a little technical for me. Yeah. Um, to believe that a two year old could pull that out of his butt. But again, I mean, you know, his dad is like he knew a huge, what it was, you know, fans, Plane, yeah. planes, all. I mean, that's why I'm saying maybe, but okay, yeah. okay. So shortly after turning two, James begins having nightmares again with the nightmares. Yep, as often as five times a week, in which he would scream and kick his legs in the air, screaming, "Plane crash, oh, God. plane on fire, little man can't get out." Um, which I just got chills. Yeah. Um, so at 28 months, in response to questions, um, he told his parents the little man was himself um, and that his plane had been shot by the Japanese. Um, about two weeks later, he added more details. His name had been James, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, he had flown a Corsair, um, and he had flown from a boat whose name he gave as Natoma. Uh-oh. Which, despite sounding Japanese, he insisted was American. Um, over the next three months, James added that he had had a friend, a fellow pilot named Jack Lawson, um, Larson, and that he had been shot down um, near Iwo Jima. So, a lot of detailed information coming from this small yeah. child. Um, in play, James crashed his toy planes into furniture, breaking off the propellers. <laughs> He also began expressing his memory in art, obsessively drawing naval aerial battles between Americans and the Japanese, in which planes were burning and crashing, bullets and bombs exploding all around. Now, I'm not, you know, that's not too far-fetched. My kid has, you know, drawn some crazy crap as a boy. Fires, plane crashes, See, battlefields, mean, yeah. you know, I mean, but that's boy stuff, right? I mean... I'm on the opposite. I mean, I do think that is boy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right? But we're, we're talking 18 months. Is that right? Um, He was, no, so he was 28 months at that point. 28 months. Okay. Yeah. Like, so he was over two, so close to three years. I think that's kind of like. Oh, that's dramatic for a two-year-old. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, like but, five. 
But I can see the interest at that age with planes, guns, bullets. Yeah. You know, all the, all the boy things that go along with war, right. army, you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, and so he's drawing these, you know, drawings. Um, these, these drawings yeah. of planes crashing. Right. And these were... Would World that scare war- you as a parent, though? Um, I, you know... There was one picture that my kid drew, and he was standing there holding a knife, and he was like, it looked like Dexter. And I was like, are you, what the hell is this? And come to find out, he was drawing like a doctor with a scalpel and was like, maybe I'll be a doctor. And that is what he told me. But initially, I was like, what the fuck? It had blood everywhere, and like, it looked like... Could you imagine Dexter. what would happen in today's world oh, if God. oh God, <laughs> it Expel. was that will? Yeah, that was Will. Oh, yeah, if that will was Will came home or like you would have gotten like he probably would have come home in a straight jacket. Exactly. Or sent right to. The- I'm sorry. This is <laughs> Counselor Bob. Your son's been drawing pictures of murder. <laughs> right. Look, I let him watch Dateline. I, you know, I watch we True love Dexter. Crime. What's the problem? Right. I don't understand the problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would it would cause concern a little bit. But um, and these scenes were World War II scenes at that with a propeller driven aircraft, not right. jets or missiles. So these are old school. Yeah. Um, he named the American aircraft correctly as Wildcats and Corsairs, and he referred to Japanese planes as Zeke's and Betty's. Okay. Um, explaining that the boy's name referred to a fighter planes and the girl's name um, to bombers. Which was oh. actually correct. I didn't even know that. Me either. I mean, like, I have no reason to know that. No, exactly. But I, I wouldn't know either. I didn't pick that up anywhere. No. And, and at 28 months, where would you, unless you're watching the History Channel. Or Aerial America 24/7, or something like that. Right. And, like, have a tape playing, you know, maybe you're yeah. learning by osmosis. I don't know. Maybe your dad's a history buff. junkie. And, yeah. Maybe so. So, he sometimes signed the drawing. Excuse me. Goodness, I haven't been, even been drinking. I burp. I'm a, um, <laughs> his, the uh, drawings, he would sign them James with the number three. So, and when asked why, he would say he was the third James, an apparent reference to him following um, James Hudson Jr. That is who would have been the second. Okay. So now, James. Hudson is not really discovered at this point, um, but that would have been the previous name. So, so just a little foreshadowing there. That's, so that was the previous yeah, life. Yeah. Okay. So now when buckling himself into the back of the car, he would often um, mime putting on like headgear. A moment <laughs> like that he is, was a pilot. Yeah, he's like hooking up, putting his headgear on. Um, and his mother would recognize this. You know, during a local visit to an air show, he actually mounted the cockpit um, of a Piper Cub and put on the pilot's headgear. It was wow. like, I'm, I'm climbing in, I'm buckling up, I got the yoke, putting on my <laughs> wow my uh, headgear. Now, Bruce, who was, you know, the dad, was uncomfortable with the idea of reincarnation and began to research his son's statements. Now, and, and he's just hoping to rule out reincarnation because he's like I, I I don't believe in it um, he was already aware that the Corsair was an American World War II era plane um, searching the internet he discovered that the USS Natoma Bay was an aircraft carrier that served in the Pacific 
in World War II and was part of an Iwo Jima operation. And also that a pilot named Jack Larson had been based on the ship. Which was his best friend. friend. Exactly. Um, he then began to approach um, Natoma Bay veterans who proved forthcoming. An initial candidate for Jack, James's memories was Jack Larson, who turned out, however, not to have been killed in action. So he was actually alive. Um, attention then shifted to a man named James McCready Hudson Jr. of Pennsylvania, um, who had been killed near Iwo Jima. Um, he was aged 21 and whose life James's statements uh, seemed to correspond with and match. So an exception was that Hudson was shot down in an FM2 Wildcat and not a Corsair. But veterans would recall no Corsairs on Natoma Bay, period, anyway. Okay, it's a, I mean, like, it's a plane. The fact that he was thinking about Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, to me is, and of course I know we're going to get into some more information, but right now, it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, uh, you know, Natoma, what do you know about the Natoma? Natoma. I mean, you're two. Exactly. I couldn't even say one. Natoma. Like, I can't say it now. I mean, right. <laughs> That's fair. So, I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, but nor, nor could the details of James' account of the plane being shot down could be confirmed either. So, None of that was actually confirmed. Um, however, a visit to Hudson's sister, Anne Barron, um, uncovered a photograph of Hudson standing in front of a Corsair, uh, confirming okay. that at one time he actually did fr- fly that aircraft. Okay. So a little bit different, but, you know, the fact that he was standing in front of the same plane that he's talking about is a little creepy in yeah. itself. Um, and clinching testimony came from eyewitnesses who had seen the plane was hit in the engine, which exploded in a ball of fire before it crashed, confirming James's account. Wow. Um, and a unit logbook actually recorded the crash, um, and it can be viewed online, which is crazy. So um, That is crazy. So that is... I'm going to be Googling that Yeah, later. so that's definitely one point for, okay, maybe he's reincarnated. Yeah. Um, so upon attending a reunion of the Natoma Bay pilots, James recognized one of them um, by the name is Bob Greenwalt by his voice. So he was like, oh, hey, Bob, what's up? Remember me, James Hudson? Like that, that's also... I was shot down when I was 21. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> you also... You didn't come to my funeral? <laughs> <laughs> that's also another point, too. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Well, Anne Barron um, verified other details about James, um, had made earlier about his previous family, including the problems caused by his father's alcoholism. Um, after speaking with James, she became convinced that he was indeed her brother reborn. So the sister? The sister of, yeah. The, the man who died confirmed a lot of these accounts. Now, and, and from his knowledge of, um, of the facts, were only known to Hus- Hudson. So, you know, um, such as, as an existence of a painting by their mother of Anne as a child. And so nobody would have known that. Right. Except like that wouldn't be something they would sister. find on the internet right. or. In exactly. A- yep. So they felt like that was very compelling evidence. Yeah. And she did as well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, she was convinced. But in the back of my mind, you know, I go, I teeter-totter because you try to play devil's advocate in these situations. And it's like, all right, did 
this woman want to believe so bad that this was her brother because of traumatic loss at the age of 21 when he died that she was like, okay, yeah, 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 this is it because you want to believe so bad. That is fair, and I'm I'm going to segue for just a second because it's Please relatable. Do. Yeah, there was, and I I don't have a lot of the details because I did not research this. I just heard about it, mm-hmm. not recently, but there was a couple in the United States, a family whose son was kidnapped. They never found the body. They never found anything. And like twelve years later, the son calls, quote unquote, the kid. Right, calls from Europe. Okay. Um, Maybe it's not the kid, but somebody calls and says, hey, we think we have your son. Mm-hmm. They fly over there. They pick him up. The guy had he had different colored eyes, although uh, other there were other very similar uh, features. Mm-hmm. But they believed a story that he essentially concocted. Right. I think I've heard about this. Where he was in um, the, the child... What is that trafficking? It, yeah, child trafficking. And yeah. they had injected him with chemicals. And that's oh, wow. And his eyes changed. Oh, that's far-fetched. But, they be- <laughs> but my, my point is very much aligned what you're with say- what, what you're I was saying. saying yeah. Because you the family's believe. in so much grief. Right. Of course, that's not exactly him. But right. you're in so much grief. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what I would do. I probably would want to believe. That. Oh, my God. Anybody that looked like my kid on the street, I'd be like, dude, yeah. get in my car. Right You're now, where home. have you been? You're coming home right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, right. so yeah, I mean, that's something I didn't think about, but well, you're absolutely it, right. Well, you think about just, and reincarnation in general, we believe, mm-hmm. and and we believe because we want to believe. Right. Nobody wants to stop and think, okay, well, my existence is really in vain because it's going to come nothing. What are we here for? What are we here for? Right. Exactly. And so- and I, I wish I had I think some, that plays into it a little bit. Yeah. I wish I had some more like really solid details and facts to give you about that because I don't have anything extra for the listeners. But we'll have to put that on the smart sheet. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so um according to um James's parents, uh James suffered a nightmare on the anniversary of Hudson's death. Um now mind you, it's the uh, are the parents' recollection, so Okay. Take that I for what like it's we're worth. Get into something good worse. here. Um, and and he made statements about two memories of period between incarnations. So first, he said he remembered choosing Bruce and Andrea as his parents, um, and gave some details of the time prior to his conception, including correct details of a hotel on Hawaii they had been staying at during a vacation. Um, secondly. When his parents asked him why he had named um, his three G.I. Joe dolls, Billy, Walter, and Leon, he answered, quote, because that's who met me when I got to heaven, end quote. The, la- the parents later learned that three squadron mates of Hudson, who had been killed prior to his own death, had been named Billy Peeler, Walter Devlin, and Leon Connor. Okay, that seems a little far-fetched to me, but I feel like you're going to give us some more information. Well, again, I'm just telling you that what I find very different between this case and the previous case Mm -hmm. is that uh, I feel like a lot of his, Ryan's information was gathered previous to anybody concocting or, or having a chance to be able to lie about stuff. Right. Here, I feel like... His parents may have it, it, it been a little bit easier to over and maybe exaggerate, embellish some of the details. Right. 
I, you know, I'm thinking, and this is just for me, and I know they're clearly, we're, you and I are like-minded, but and there's not a lot, you know, not everybody's like-minded. Oh, yeah. It would be a shit ton of work mm-hmm. to concoct like, some shit like you that. You got a full-time job, even though it's boring, whatever, but to concoct that, to, you know, kind of beat this into my sure. kid. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. But God almighty. Well, I mean, she's a resume writer. Maybe she's she used to it. boring. Well, maybe she was, I mean, look, all I'm trying to say is I think that it it's very interesting. Yeah. I would like to learn the timeline of events and I didn't have, I mean, it's a lot of research that we do and there's so much information out there, especially about this one in mm-hmm. particular. Um, I didn't have a time to put together really a timeline of, okay, he said this, then this happened and this has, this happened. And then they went to the media, right? You know, I don't know what what the time, yeah, I don't know the timeline of factual events that were documented so that we could very well say, okay, well that makes sense. I mean, how did you know it was on the anniversary of his death? Yeah. You know, that's unless you were waiting for it. Like, I I don't, I I just don't know. To me, it just seems a little bit coincidental well and this is actually he was born in 98 so it was before ryan and Mm -hmm. i would imagine that it would be even more difficult that's a good point because we did have the internet by then but i don't know yeah yeah, (laughs) you know i don't know that what we i can't I would it would not it would be, be readily available yeah. like this. No, you're absolutely correct. So just something for, because yeah. I, that, I just scrolled back to look. But what's interesting is I'm, you know, it sounds like his dad did a lot of field research and that I'm going to go talk to this person, talk to this person and talk to this person. And, you know, you don't realize it when you're talking to somebody, but you could introduce a lot of leading questions. Yes. Was, you know, could... I'm sorry, was Leon part of your crew? Yes. Why, yes, it was. Okay, well, was Walter part of your crew? And now you're looking up crap. Okay, is there a crew member named Walter? I mean, right. how? that's what I'm just saying. Like, how many leading details could they have provided? Right. We so. And we talked about that with yeah. Joe Arity. Remember the... Yep. And of course, that was you know early in the 1900s. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's they don't realize that it le- that it you're, it's a leading yeah. question. Absolutely. So when James was three, Andrea contacted past life regressionist and author Carol Bowman after reading her book Children's Past Lives: How Many um, How Past Life Memory Affects Your Child. And Bowman suggested some techniques for relieving James's nightmares. Um, the chief of which was to give um, reassurance that the catastrophe was over, that it had happened in the past and he was now safe in his current life. Um, This caused a steep drop in the frequency of nightmares. So I I guess whatever they said helped. But just before James's fourth birthday, Bowman called the family to say that ABC wanted to air a TV show on children's past life memories and asked the parents if they would be interested in sharing James's story. Well, they agreed, and some footage was recorded, but the show never aired. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Now, he is, there is a 2020, um, if I'm not mistaken about that, and I think we're going to get to that. But um, according to, you know, the the parents, the producers decided the case was weak um, oh. in, in the beginning. So, evidentially. So, like, they just didn't have enough evidence. Yeah. They didn't to, feel strong to enough present. About it. Exactly. 
Um, and just like us, we're, you know, poking holes in it as I'm sure producers would do worse. So, well, and I am very much, I am very much a skeptic on a lot of things. Same. I'm immediately like, what's your angle kid? Right. Exactly. I mean, and I, I mean, we both are very (laughs) much so we don't believe this bitch that she, (laughs) she'd be lying. Well, however, Jim Tucker, which again, if you don't remember from last episode, um, is heads up the kind of the reincarnation studies for children at UVA. And um, he's the child psychiatrist. Um, and he scheduled, um, he was also scheduled to appear on the show and recalls that the entire show was considered too weak, not James's case in particular, just across the board. Okay. So, but Tucker was given a copy of the footage. So two years later, ABC contacted um, the parents again, asking if they would be interested in participating participating in a segment uh, for ABC Primetime, hosted by Chris Cuomo. Which, yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut about him, but <laughs> um, he didn't age well, but um, and not physically. I mean, just, right? Yeah, yeah, politically. But by this time, Hudson had been identified, and further evidence had been found. So take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, satisfying the producers that the case was strong enough to air. The segment was broadcast on April 15, 2004, and can be viewed anywhere. So you guys um, can absolutely look it up. It generated further media attention, including articles and major newspapers worldwide and further TV reports. So impressed by the strength of the case now, Tucker once again contacted Andrea and Bruce. At first, they were willing to be interviewed, but then overwhelmed by media attention and having decided to publish James's story as a book, they temporarily declined. So I'm just going to put that out there. They are now interested at this point in writing a book about their sons. It doesn't look well. Exactly. But, you know, hey. Well, as Ryan's mother just wanted to find her son peace, these people, in my opinion, are absolutely capitalizing on their child's so-called memories. Right. So, which to me makes it easier to debunk. Um, it's unfortunate because yeah. it... Not that the story doesn't need to be told. Right. But I, I, I feel like... But I like, agree 100% with you. Yeah. So, only in 2010 was Tucker able to interview the family. So, it was a few years later. They're like, okay, fine, we'll talk to you. And... The Lingingers book, Soul Survivor, The Reincarnation of a World War II Fighter Pilot, was published in 2009 and had a brief run on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, wow. Now, I will admit I've never read this book. I didn't even try to read it. I, I didn't yeah. have time. Um, like, I would read a book from Ryan, but I don't know about this one. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> exactly. I totally feel like this has just been a little bit too much. Well, Paul Kurtz, the late founder of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, was quoted on primetime segment saying the parents were self-deceived and, quote, fascinated with the mysterious, end quote, and had built up a, quote, unquote, fairy tale. Self-deceived is an interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, Observation. uh, Adjective to say. Yeah. Um, I, I think they wanted to believe. Right. And I think they convinced themselves that. Maybe they overlooked a few things, like maybe, you know, some... Possibly. I, I'm just saying red flags in a relationship. Just, oh, you know. one, there you go. So, <laughs> so, 
Kurtz claimed James must have gained his knowledge of World War II planes by overhearing his parents' conversations or talking to his young friends. Uh, he offered no explanation for the intensity of James's emotion as manifested in the extremely frequent nightmares, um, for the ongoing plane crash reenactments in play, or for the prolific and dramatic drawings. So he had no explanation for those, um, but did say that he felt like the parents kind of uh, pushed this a little yeah. bit, obviously. So a Skeptico blog post attributed James's experiences to his first visit to the Cavanaugh Flight Museum, which is what I kind of felt like started the whole thing, um, noting that one of the planes displayed there is, of course, there. So um, it further suggested that a fantasy had been nurtured by leading questions by his parents, grandmother, and Bowman, as well as gifts of toy planes that James signed his drawings, James three, because that was his age at the time. Um that the oh. Natoma Bay verif um, verification is questionable because James only said Natoma, not the full name. And that the name Jack Larson could have been prompted, um, misremembered, or fudged. So, oh, wow. The article also argued the case was invalidated by the fact that James Hudson was shot down while flying an FM2 Wildcat rather than the Corsair that he swears he was in at the time. Right. But now... Did, okay, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I think you're going to get to Oh, it. okay. So, however, Tucker contacted the Cavanaugh Flight Museum and learned that it had no Corsair on display between 1999 and 2003, the time in which James's first two visits had occurred. So... Yeah. But Tucker also disputed the claim that Bruce was party to a manufactured reincarnation fantasy, having observed firsthand... Lingenger's refusal to believe that reincarnation was the explanation in the first place and um, noted that his extensive research was in fact intended to disprove that notion. Yeah. So I could, I could see that. So yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was his wife's idea. I don't know. But <laughs> um, Tucker noted that James continued to sign his drawings, James three, even after he turned four. four. So, so I do. So I do want to ask here. Yep. The sister of the pilot that died, mm -hmm. when she heard, do we know, when she heard all of this information, was she still a heavy duty believer? Yeah, she. So um, she was always. She a was believer. convinced. She was convinced when they showed the painting that their mother had drawn of Anna, yeah. um, and was like, "Our mom painted that." And she was like, okay, that's it. He's reincarnated. I don't think it took very much, which right. is like I said, I often, I, I feel like her grief and her, you know, I didn't have a brother, you know, he died and that was traumatic and she wants to believe. Sure. I'm not saying that that's the case and I'm not discounting all of James's story here. It's not what my point is, but I do want to point out the differences between Ryan's case and James's case. Just delivering the facts, folks. Yeah. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> don't so, at don't, us. Yeah, don't at me. Don't actually me. <laughs> so Tucker wrote an informal account of the case as a chapter in his 2013 book, Return to Life, Extraordinary Cases of Children Who Remember Past Lives, then published a formal case report in 2016. He noted that while the Lingingers' original written records of the case were lost, 
The fact that James made the statements before Hudson had been identified was proved both by the footage, the video footage Tucker had received from ABC in 2002, and by the written materials such as dated internet printouts confirming that Bruce searched for information on the Natoma Bay in 2000 and engaged in correspondence to find Jack Larson. The verified statements from the footage are as follows. So one, his plane was shot in the engine and crashed in the water. Two, he died in the Battle of Iwo Iwo Jima. Um, Three, the plane was on fire and sank and he could not get out. Um, Four, he flew a Corsair. Five, his plane flew off a boat. Six, his plane was shot down by the Japanese. And lastly, the Corsairs tended to get flat tires when they landed, which are, you know, some vague but, right. you know, some detailed. Um, but the parents were creating, um, uh, well, if they were creating a complex fraud, Tucker argued they would surely have presented as a good case in ABC, you know, to ABC in 2022 as they did in 2004. So, you know, there's a little bit of an argument there that, you know, not knowing that they would have another media opportunity, why wouldn't you embellish to begin with right, and, right. and rather than wait in 2004? But um, other grounds to doubt fraud as an explanation, Tucker argued, are the length of time the case took to develop and the number of people involved in the investigation, all of whom would have had to be conspiring together, which he makes a good That's point. That's a good point. Um, Tucker also ruled out, fa- ruled out fantasy um, since James's nightmares and behaviors such as repeatedly crashing toy planes and his pain-filled drawings were more characteristic of children who have suffered traumas than children fantasizing. Oh, interesting. So unlike my child's Dexter drawing was (laughs) more or less fantasizing about being a doctor, you know, his plane crashes and drawings, um, you know, were probably from a traumatic experience. Um, With regard to coincidence, Tucker considered the possibility of such detailed statements exactly matching the identity and circumstances of a particular deceased individual by pure chance to be implausibly small. Okay. Because, I mean, think about the chances of of him bringing up a person that, you know, actually existed. But there are billions and billions of people in the world, so who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can concoct somebody, and I guarantee you match your concoction to an actual person. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, that's just me being devil's advocate. Um, Tucker noted that all the documented statements leading to the identification of Hudson were made by James himself. He could not have read about Hudson or Natoma Bay, for that matter. Um, Nor could he have been exposed to any television programs on these topics. And his parents and other people around him had no knowledge of him. I kind of doubt that you know, he couldn't have been exposed to the television program because I I, I feel like that could have absolutely been something that was discussed so. on TV. I think so, Whether too. it be PBS, the History Channel, Discovery Channel. I mean, a lot of those network televisions and PBS, for God knows, how do you know that shit went on yeah. Sesame Street? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, saying. no. I, I, I thought me, that when you were going over it. That's too plausible for me. I don't know why they're saying it's implausible, but... Um, and then after the publication of Soul Survivor in, um, 2009, um, Fox 8 News Broadcast, um, did a follow-up segment by Suzanne Stratford, 
And this contains interviews with Natoma Bay veteran Leo, I'm going to say Pat, um, Piat. Um, and he's describing how James recognized the other veterans and um, Houston's sister Ann Barron describing how James knew things that Hudson had done as a boy and other private private family matters. So, you know, I, again, it's, it's more corroboration, I will say. I mean, actual people corroborating his statements. Right. So the segment also recounts how a Japanese TV station paid the family's passage to Chichijima, um, the small island nearest which Hudson had died, from where they traveled in a fishing boat uh, to visit the exact site. Um, they actually they actually flew there. Um, That's pretty cool. And they performed a memorial service. And James, at that time, was eleven. He threw a bouquet of flowers into the sea. Um, and the and the trip recounted in Soul Survivor appeared to bring about a healing catharsis as his drawings afterward became less destructive and chaotic. Which, yeah, I mean, they were like, okay, let's put this man to rest. Right. You know, we've, right. we've written a book about him. <laughs> we've had, you know, ABC come ask us. Yeah, right. Um, he's He's been here for a little bit. Let's put him to bed. So in this video, um, and I've actually seen the video. It's a YouTube video. Um, and James's comments were, I hope that it helps people understand the meaning of how precious life is how fast it can just blow away. And I hope that it opens people's eyes up to reincarnation. I hope it opens people's eyes up to the fact that reincarnation can happen. It is possibility. It's not a lie, end quote. So in 2012, a segment on Fox and Friends, uh, Bruce describes the successful investigation while James, now who's 15, describes how the nightmare ceased after a quote-unquote spiritual release um, experience at the site of the crash, you know, when they did the memorial service. Okay, okay that's just so, what I was about to ask. Yeah, he adds that he occasionally remembers his previous life, but is moving forward with his current one. So, I just, I don't know, you know, I'm... I know, it's... it. I think I'm going to have to, like, Google and watch a couple of the videos yeah, and I, see how he acted. I remember, um, and and I, I remember the primetime special is what I think I remember, because, again, this stuff has always, always fascinated me. And I remember the, um, you know, they're explaining the nightmares. And this little kid, so little, just little man down, little man down. Yeah. And that, that sent really chills. Yeah. yeah, and to That's me. That's what I want to see. It was like, holy shit, this kid's screaming little man down. Who says that? And that's, yeah. you know, what they would say. I mean, that's, and I got chills just, just yeah. freaking, you know, recalling the video. And, um. And so, yeah, I, I think this case is a little bit less um, convincing for me only because I think of the heavy involvement by the parents. Right. Um, I felt like the other one, I had a lot more factual information about the statements he made, about Marty Martin, um, about his previous life. And in this situation, there wasn't a lot of whole, there wasn't a whole lot of um, factual stuff for me to go, oh, Okay, and that was verified, and that was verified, and that was verified. It was not a whole lot. There was just several statements made, yeah, um, and mostly about planes, and you know maybe some of the people he said he recognized, right, in his crew. But damn, I mean, yeah. Needless damn. to say, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's there's so many cases out there, um, and and I could go on and on. Um, one that does not, it's not, you know, um. 
long and there's not a lot of research done on it, but there was two twins. Um, they were sisters in a car crash. Um, they had toys that they had played with. Their parents um, had both survived. Um, they had two more children. They were twins. Wow. Um, and they remembered their toys from their previous life and said, you know, we had died in a crash. We're back. Like essentially pause. Yeah. And now I'm back. Wow. And, and that was, I, that one blew me away. Obviously there's a little bit more detail there, but, um, it, it, that one, it was crazy. It was like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, there's cases everywhere. Um, and this J, this, um, Tucker, um, from, you know, the university of Virginia, he's got 2,500 cases that are in his office currently that he's I'm gonna researching. Him. I'm definitely yeah. going to have to go. Um, yeah, go to Jim Tucker. Um, look at me. He's at the UVA. He's got a whole page um, like on the perpetual studies and, and stuff at UVA. And it's, it's rather interesting. Um, he goes everywhere and talks to people that, you know, say they've been reincarnated, reincarnated and either, you know, debunk it or he verifies it. Definitely interested in, yeah. in getting people's feedback on this one yeah. versus Ryan's what they cases. Felt with Ryan. Ryan's yeah. case. Yep. Super excited about that. Yeah. So, um, a little shorter than normal um, episode, but definitely a lot of information. Totally and, good. And great conversation. Um, you guys give us some feedback. I, I would really like to hear one, not only about the material um, versus you know, some of the crime we just, you know, talk about. So, um, you know, we're looking to branch off a little bit more about some kind of obscure places. Well, it's things. all macabre. We've it's, always said macabre. Right. So um, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, your take on this information versus others. Um, all right. Well, I hope everybody has a great week and we'll be back. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode of Status Macabre is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This episode is produced and engineered by Neek the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit statusmacabre.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Special thanks to Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, Barrett Gruber, and you, our listeners, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Thank you for listening.